0: Hello, welcome to the L3 Podcast, a podcast production of the Michigan Ministry Network designed and focused to help ministers and church leaders live healthy lives, lead thriving churches, and launch into the communities around them. I'm your host, Aaron Halavin, and we're excited to be with you today. Well, I am excited today to have my friend and uh, equal uh, passionate person for missions, Pat Roosh, here today. Pat, welcome to the L3
1: Podcast. Thanks, Pastor Aaron. Great to be here.
0: Uh, it's great to have you, uh, Pat. Tell for those who may or may not know you, uh, tell a little bit about who you are, where you serve, uh, what you're doing in ministry, and uh, and then we'll jump into our subject today.
1: Great. Well, uh, I spent about 14 years as a lead pastor out in Central Illinois, and then that and then came to Christian Celebration Center. We're in our 19th year, I believe, there and been serving there as assistant pastor and missions pastor.
0: Yeah, pastor of stuff. Uh, Yeah. Missions and pastor (laughs) stuff. It's that last part of the job description (laughs) and whatever the senior pastor needs. So, uh, Pat, you love missions, and uh, today our subject is how to gain a new perspective for missions. And, you know, the Summary of God is a missions-founded movement. It's the goal of the Summary of God is to reach the world. We're one of the fastest-growing, best missions organizations in the world. Uh, But there's a lot of different perspectives on missions, even within our own fellowship of the Assemblies of God, as well as uh, even new people who've come into the Assemblies of God or or people who are just not aware of Assemblies of God missions. And so I kind of want to get into some deeper things, but I want to start off with, from your perspective, why do you think we do missions in the Assemblies of God? You know, talk to us about why the Assemblies of God wants to be a missional and missions-minded movement.
1: Right, well... Uh, there's a lot of things, like you said, a lot of things could be said. I think probably the most important, which is probably obvious, and that is because he told us to do so.. Right. I mean, you know, we can come up with a lot of reasons, but the bottom line is our, I think are just our are just a raw obedience to right. what the heart of God is in the scripture. You know we Acts chapter one, you know, we celebrate Pentecost often, but he's empowered us as witnesses. You know, not only in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, right? right? So, um, he's told us to do so, and I think another reason, similar, is that there are still lost people. Yeah, I mean, was there eight or eight billion people? I think on the planet today, and depending on you know what stats you read, two to three billion have never heard the gospel. Right. I mean, if there's ten that have never heard the gospel, you know, that's that's, that's a, a reason a, that's to do missions. Reason, but right, right. Yeah. But you know. Um, I think in addition to that, you know, it's really a part of who we are. You know, when the assemblies of God, most everybody knows this story, but, you know, back in 1914, 300 people there, you know, and they decided, Hey, we're going to form a fellowship, you know, in part committing ourselves to the greatest evangelism the world has ever seen. And of course, from those 300 people, we, we see now, what is it? 2.9 million, I think U S assemblies of God and 85 over 85 million uh, worldwide in AG Fellowship, right. you know, I'm not a mathematician. My math is lousy, as, but the only thing worse than my math is my spelling. <laughs> but <laughs> I hear you. you know, know. But you know, if you do the math on that, you know, honestly, uh, f- around four out of every hundred Assemblies of God person yeah. lives in the U.S. Right. So, I mean, if you've got a hundred people in your auditorium, you, you look at that, and 96 of those are from overseas. another nation. Yeah. Yeah. So, it really, these are our people. This is our family. Right. If you're a part of the Assemblies of God, we we are by and large a foreign fellowship, yeah. Yeah. and so when we reach the nations, we're reaching really our family. Yeah, and we just why wouldn't we want? I love to that. do missions,
0: Pat. You're such a blessing, Pat. You serves on our missions uh, leadership board here in the network, as well as, uh, of course, leads a great missions giving church. I love what you just said. We're really ministering to our family. I think that is a brilliant and uh, even a new way of thinking about it. Of course, I've thought that, but not in that phrase. That is really healthy. What are some, you know, as as you lead a missions church, you know, you have the unique challenge of um, not only meeting our missionaries, interviewing new missionary candidates, getting to know people, but also leading a church towards missions. You know, those are two different things. There's the mission side of. Processing missionaries and supporting missionaries, and then there's the stirring missions in a local church. Mm-hmm. Why are missions giving, missions uh, praying for missionaries, going on missions trips? Why is that, or should that be an essential part of every assembly of God church?
1: Yeah, well, I think again, it it, it harkens back I, at least for me to our DNA. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's obedience, of course, as I've said, but but I just think it's being true to who we are. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's true, regardless of the size of the church, regardless of the circumstance of the church, it's just really a part of who we are, that, um, there is that need and we are moved because Christ's spirit is in us. We are moved, right. uh, to meet that need, but also then empowered to do so. I love that. I love that.
0: How, you know, people may not know this, and I want you to share a little bit about your story. How did you come to the realization and the importance of missions. It's a, it's a unique story. And if you're listening to this, I I really think it's where you are now is so different from where you were uh, then. So Pat, share that story of, of the, your journey to being a passionate person for missions.
1: Well, I, I share this, not, not to recommend doing this necessarily, (laughs) right? right. (laughs) but when I first became a lead pastor, um, it was our first missions convention, you know, that we had already been booked before I got there because it was fairly strong missions church. Yeah. So this was my first time doing this, and my wife and I got in front of the congregation, and uh, in my naivete, I suppose, you know, I, I, I just decided to be honest. Yeah. And so I told the congregation basically, okay, here's our missions emphasis this year. Our missions emphasis this year is you all, being the congregation, yeah. you all pray for us Your pastor and his wife. Yeah, that we would get a heart for missions because we could care less about missions. (laughs) Can you imagine? I said, but but I know we should, and I did. I knew I should care about missions, but I just really, frankly, didn't care. Right. I didn't didn't really care. But and so. Uh, You know, again, that could have a number of different responses from the congregation. Let's (laughs) not, for those pastors listening, this is not a how to do that. This is just his story of what happened. (laughs) But in my case, what happened was actually pretty amazing. You know, we were already, as I said, a strong missions giving church, but what, here's what happened in my case, all the people that loved missions, they got excited because they're like, If our pastor is asking for a heart for missions, God's really going to give him a heart for missions. So they got excited. And all the people that didn't care about missions, they got excited because Mm. they were like, finally, a pastor that admits that, you know, he doesn't have a heart for missions. So, well, why don't we trust God along with our pastor to get a heart for missions? And so... Everybody got excited, right. and that year, just that year alone, our missions giving went up by eighty-five <laughs> percent.
0: By getting up and saying, "I
1: don't have a heart for missions," who knew, right? Yeah. Only God. But there is hope. There I'm is. telling you, there is hope. You know, yeah. it, it, and I know that there are pastors that feel yeah. today probably like I did then. They do and and there there is hope. God can. God can. Yeah, it, it starts being honest.
0: So you started growing in that passion uh, mm-hmm. from that day forward. Um, as you grew in that. What did that do inside you? How did that, um, this is, uh, just expounding on the thought of this as you were talking, how, how did that grow in you? What, what happened to you mm-hmm. through that process of, I don't have the heart for it, but I know I should to now almost being consumed by the heart for that in your yeah. role. What happened to you along that
1: journey? Well, it really opened a whole new world to me because, I mean, you know, even when we were going to Bible college, I mean, we lived with a missionary couple actually for about a year. Okay. And it was like, uh, you know, and I, we had, I attended a, a strong missions church, yeah. you know, in Bloomington, uh, Minnesota, and even served to stint on staff there. But I just never, I can't explain it to this day. Yeah. I never got it. It never clicked to me. But then once that did, it's like, I suppose, any truth that any pastor stumbles into, you know, a major truth for the first time, it really opens up a whole new world. And I begin to see things I never saw before. I begin to see scripture different, uh, begin to really, uh, I think, uh, see the blessing of God. And I know on our church, you know, and and it doesn't make sense, just like tithing don't make sense. You can do the math and it doesn't really... Figure, right? Uh, but there's a supernatural blessing that comes with tithing. Yep. Same way with missions giving. I mean, when when a church embraces missions, or an individual or a family embraces missions, yeah. I mean, you can't sit down with paper necessarily and make the math right, work. Right. But there is an exponential blessing that you walk in, yeah. and that blessing changed me continually yeah. over time as I saw it unfold more and more and more over time. I just well, saw it work.
0: And churches, uh, what you just ex- said uh, is really true. I really believe, uh, so I'll tell a quick story. We were in a small group meeting with some of our small group when I was a uh, part of a small group in my church. And, uh, this lady was asking for prayer for her diabetes while she was drinking a, uh, sugar Coke, big gulp. Okay. And one of the small group members says, I'm not praying for you. Not until you put down that sugar water. And it turned into a little tense moment in our, in our group. Um, and 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 I, I took that moment and it, it was a funny moment, it was a tense moment, but it was. But I think a lot of times I hear pastors complaining that God isn't blessing their church. Hmm. And to be frank with you, many times, many times, not all the time, there's other factors. If you look, their missions giving is very non existent. Hmm. And I believe God does bless churches that fulfill his great commission. Uh, and I think missions changes the pastor. And I think missions changes the church. I had a pastor one time say to me years ago, this is not in this role. Well, I, I don't really give to missions. And, uh, I said, okay. And he says, but I really want my church to grow. And I said, those are, those are, that, that doesn't work. You have to be of the same heart. So watching that happen, it doesn't surprise me that you lead missions in a church. That's one of our premier, supporting missionary uh, movements in our network. As you examine this, and as you've been around for a while, how Mm. can small, medium, large-sized churches, um, all sizes create, you know, sometimes there's strategies for big churches and some for small and medium, but how can all of those churches create a missions focus in their local church? How how do they take the person sitting in the row that says, I know I should care, but I don't care, Mm. and how do they help the people who really care how do you create a missions-focused culture in a local church?
1: Yeah, there are, well, I think there's a number of things, and of course, things shift depending upon, you know, the size of the church. You know, That's some right. things are more applicable to a smaller church or applicable to a large church, right. and and that, those strategies shift as your church grows, right. of course. Um, but there's there's a couple of things that I think are are absolutely. Basic and important, you know. One is one is prayer, and it almost sounds. I almost hesitate to say it. It's like, oh yeah, prayer. Right. It's, oh yeah, prayer. But really, uh, and I'll tell you how this really became real to me. Uh, you know, when we were here a few years in in Michigan, and uh, we had a strong church. We have strong missions people mm-hmm. supporting missions, etc. But we really wanted to see more people get involved. Okay. And uh, I was praying on a plane on a flight. And, and I'm just half praying, half sleep. I guess that would be 33 and th- a, pr- a third percent praying, 33 and a third percent <laughs> asleep, yeah. and 33 and a third percent just just thinking. Right. And uh, I had what I will describe as one of two epiphanies right. in my spiritual life. And So I don't say, oh, God's, you know, you know I don't say that lightly. Right. This was huge. This was like you knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that God was in, in His presence was just surrounding me and right. He was speaking. And he said this to me, I'll never forget it. He said, Pat, he's you have allowed your finances as a missions giving church to determine the parameters of your missions ministry. Hmm. When I told you a long time ago what the parameters of your missions ministry should be, and that is to every ethnos, every nation. Right. Wow. And he's and I thought about that. I thought, you know, it, He's right. I mean, no surprise, right? God's right. right. He's right because if we could afford a missionary in a country, right. we we did a good job praying for that missionary. We did a good job praying for that country. Right. But if we couldn't afford a missionary in this other country, right. that country was off our radar. Right. So really, our whole focus was set based on what our finances allowed. Right. And then he said this to me. He said, "Pat, you have underutilized." the unlimited resource of intercessory prayer. Oh, come on. And, and what what exploded on my heart when he said that was, you know, that is so true because I could be a church of five people and have a $10,000 annual budget right. and still have an intentional, Prayer strategy to pray for every nation of the world. I love that, and uh, that became then for us as we walked that out. We began a global prayer meeting, uh, monthly global prayer meeting, which has yeah. become the centerpiece, really. Which of is our, awesome. Our missions. Department. I haven't
0: been to the meeting, but I've been to the room as it was set up, and it's it's awesome, and it's prayer
1: focused. That's the goal. It's awesome. Yeah. So, so really, prayer, and so any size church, right? right small, medium, and large. Yeah. Uh, prayer really is a starting point, uh, because when you pray about missions, it's like anything, you know. Yeah. You, you, you know, Jesus, genius, yeah. right? He's pray for your enemy. Why? Because. As we do anything that that we focus prayer on, it changes our heart, and it helps conform our heart into what God's heart is. And so, as you pray about missions uh, individually, but also collectively as a church, uh, it does begin to draw your heart into an understanding of missions. So, prayer prayer is key, and and I think along with that is testimony. You know, if people don't want to waste their time, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're a pastor, you don't want to waste your time, you know, we we want to know that what we invest our time in is there's value there, right? right? Right. And so people aren't going to want to pray unless they realize, hey, this is accomplishing something. So on a regular basis, we'll share testimony. You're like, okay, last month we prayed X, Y, Z, and here's an email I got from missionary so-and-so, and And, and God answered prayer. So it helps build the sense of value and investment that's being made in prayer so that prayer can continue, love uh, that. to be, you know, motivate people to pray. And you know, that
0: that's just good in general for church, even beyond missions, celebrating the winds of prayer is something we don't do well in the kingdom. And especially with missions, that is so important to say it worked. God did something God used. And I was a part of that. It, it ties in. I love that. Uh, yeah. Continue on. I want to well, hear more.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing ties in with that. And that is, um, relationship yeah I mean missions have has to become this is where, again my experience this is what some of the things that changed me missions has to go from a certificate on the wall mm. and guilt <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. to a, a living relationship in other words to build relationships with missionaries so yeah. you see these are real people these are these are people just like you you're tr- they're trusting God for things they've, they've suffered failures they've, they've realized victories right. and and if you're going to pray effectively and hear about the testimonies it requires some level of relationship right. Right? So relationship is key, but then taking that relationship and bringing people in the congregation, again, regardless of what size congregation, right. bringing people in the congregation into relationship with missionaries, that's key, which that. is, is uh, the third thing that comes to my mind is similar to is ownership. And that builds ownership. Okay, You know, great. where missions is something that I'm doing, I'm making a difference. It's impacting you know, and it's, it's, it's my ministry. It's my, right. you know, most people in most ministries, you know, we, we chuckle because like, yeah. it's the most important thing Absolutely. in the world because it's their passion, right. right? Well, that's because of ownership. Right. You know, they're invested, they own it. And, and we have to help our people develop that same sense of ownership and missions. And sometimes that's a challenge yeah. with overseas workers, et cetera. Like well, you that. don't see but them for a while.
0: So you got to exactly. keep, so you have to intentionally, what I'm hearing is, you focus on prayer, the the relationship, and the celebration, the testimonies, building that foundation. Uh, but that's all intentional, you know. That's correct. Uh, and so, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to to pause for a moment and realize that these things don't happen on accident. Someone has to be driving the car, steering the ship, uh, uh, flying the plane. With, with purpose. You don't get to a, a destination by accident. You have to drive that. Is, is that accurate? I mean, you have to yeah, be intentional in driving absolutely.
1: that. absolutely. And that, that really was where, uh, you know, rewind all the way back to that those first few years there, you know, that I was growing mm-hmm. in missions. You know, it even started right there. I, mean, I built a. And I'm sure probably the congregation thought I was nuts, but I yeah. built a missions display all the way across the back of the church. Yeah. And, and you know, the display wasn't the point. The right. point was the time I invested in creating things and really, you know, getting my hands, you know, around what it was. That was really the power of it. Not hmm. not even the display itself.
0: Right. Yeah. No. I I had a <clears throat> I had a great moment. I was walking through the halls of my church. And, uh, and we were a missions church, a strong missions church. And I was walking through the halls of my church and I, I, was with a new family, young family, and I was taking them up to our kids area. And, um, they were asking me questions about the church and I was like, oh yeah, this and that. And this, I don't know, maybe 10 year old girl comes walking by and the guy says, so what do you do here? And the girl stops and she says, we do missions. <laughs> it was one of my favorite moments. And I said, oh yeah. And the dad said, yeah, she goes, that's what we do here. If you come here, you're going to do missions that's what we do at freedom and and i got emotional because it was one of the most powerful things and and i think when when a church embraces the missional call of god for its congregation for the world for the family overseas for everywhere something happens within their dna that they feel a part of something larger than yeah. themselves and i think way too many times churches can become about themselves so i think missions is not only sending praying going giving Reaching, I think missions has another effect that makes a church outward to their local community, right. to to familial community within their church, because you're, you're really stepping into the heart of Jesus. And, um, and, of course, the whole reason he came to earth. And so I think the byproduct is I, I hope that every generation in every church has intentional things like the tools you've shared where, where a kid can walk by and say, oh, this is just what we do. In other words, this is who we are. Yeah, that's and right. uh, I think that's powerful. Pat, you you mm-hmm. serve so well. You're such a, a great individual, a great friend. Uh, your wisdom has been awesome. What would you leave us as we conclude this? What What is some thought, if you have a thought, that you'd like to share with a pastor listening who's driving in their car? They could be in various spots of developing the heart for ministry mm-hmm. or having the heart but not knowing what to do. Give us a Give us a piece of advice that they can take today as they are listening to this.
1: Well, I think no matter who you are, you are somewhere. Mm. You're somewhere on the journey, right? Uh, you know, embrace that, right? Yeah. Where where you're at, acknowledge that. Here's yeah. where I'm at. You may not be real happy with where you're at. Maybe you are. Right. Either way, start where you're at and identify it, right? Mm. And, then, and then, like you said, intentionality is moving the needle forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's lots of practical ways to do that. You know, reading about missions, talking to other pastors that are doing it. You know, we as pastors understand the importance of benchmarks. Right. Right. You know, if we're going to move into whatever area, you know, one of the first things we do is look for benchmarks. We right. look for somebody that's doing it, somebody that's one step ahead of us. Right. Wherever that is. Right. Right. And then begin to educate ourselves. You know, um, on that begin right. to begin to uh, expand our capacity right. in that area through books, through podcasts, through Conversations, talking to people. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. And uh, so, just acknowledge. And sometimes I think we we're especially if we're if we're not as far along the journey, we may tend to be embarrassed where we're at. Sure. You know, I know I was. Yeah. Right. And, and so it almost becomes self-defeating because I don't even want to go that first step and acknowledge where I'm at right, <laughs> because, right. it, you know, it, it's not where I want to be, right. but, uh, that's really what it takes, yeah. you know, is to say here, here, here I am, but then to move from there. And if, if things are going awesome, you know, the steps forward are the same thing, right? You know, I, I acknowledge where you're at and, and then find somebody who's down, the, down road the road yeah. further yeah. and, and, you know, make yourself available to, to learn.
0: I love that. And and Pat, I know you're available. If you're listening to this and you want to know more, uh, reach out to Christian Celebration Center and ask for mm-hmm. Pat. And I'm sure Pat would be able to help you. But I love that, Pat, what you said. You are someone wherever you are, you're somewhere. And uh, I think today, just start where you're at. Let's build towards tomorrow. Find someone to walk alongside you. And let's get over our embarrassment of where we're at. Let's get mm-hmm. over our lack of understanding or knowledge. Let's go after that so that we can become an amazing God-gifted church as God designed. Mm -hmm. And one of the beauties of this last year is uh, it was the most amount of of churches supporting missions Mm -hmm. that we've had, and we're seeing a movement, and so let's continue with that. Pat, would you say a prayer for our churches uh, and for our leaders um, who are looking to build something great for the kingdom?
1: Yeah, amen. Thanks. Uh, Father, we are, Lord, we're both grateful and we're dependent. Lord, we're grateful for how you work with each one of us, how you accept us where we're at, uh, Lord, and how y- there's no condemnation uh, that you have for us. But you you beckon us forward, yeah. you call us to yourself, you you call us to deeper understandings of in every area of our life and ministry. Uh, but Lord, we also acknowledge the fact that supernatural growth doesn't happen apart from you and your enablement and your empowerment. And our need is exactly what the same thing that the early church needed, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just pray. I pray for uh, myself, for everyone listening, that Lord, we would we would press into this sense of dependence and seek you for more, seek you for a supernatural move. A book is not enough. Uh, wisdom from someone else, as good as that is, it's not enough. Lord, we, 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 we must hear from you a fresh word. We must surrender more of our lives to you and let you fill it and increase our spiritual capacity. Lord, I thank you for everyone that's listening to this, that God, you are there with them. There's no separation, and your Holy Spirit wells up inside of each one, uh, Lord, and we're so grateful for that. I bless our pastors, Lord, and those that are listening to this podcast. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Pat, thank you for your prayer. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for being so real. And thanks for your wisdom. We appreciate you.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for joining the L3 podcast. We pray that it has been beneficial to both you and your ministry. If you would like to know more about the Michigan Ministry Network, please feel free to visit mmn.ag.